Chapter Five of the Rainer Slade Amalgamation by J. S. Fletcher. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Marianne. Chapter Five, The Nastirsevich Jewels. Allerdyke, like all true Yorkshiremen, had been born into the world with a double portion of caution and a triple one of reserve, and instead of answering the question, he took a leisurely look at the questioner. He saw before him a tall, good-looking, irreproachably attired man, of from thirty to thirty-five years of age, whose dark eyes were ablaze with excitement, whose equally dark, carefully trimmed moustache did not conceal the agitation of the lips beneath. Mr. Franklin Fullaway, in spite of his broad shoulders and excellent muscular development, was evidently a highly strung, nervous, sensitive gentleman, Nothing could be plainer than that he had travelled from town in a state of great mental activity which was just arriving at boiling point. Everything about his movements and gestures denoted it. The way in which he removed his hat, laid aside his stick and gloves, ran his fingers through his dark, curly hair, and, more than anything, looked at Marshal Allerdyke. But Allerdyke had a habit of becoming cool and quiet when other men grew excited and emotional, and he glanced at his visitor with seeming indifference. "'Mr. Fullaway, I suppose,' he said phlegmatically. "'Aye, to be sure. Sit you down, Mr. Fullaway. Will you take anything? It's a longish ride from London, and I dare say you do with a drink, what?' "'Nothing, nothing. Thank you, Mr. Allerdyke,' answered Fullaway obviously surprised by the other's coolness. I had lunch on the train. Very convenient, that, observed Allerdyke. I can remember when there wasn't a chance of it. I, And what might this be you're asking about now, Mr. Fullaway? What do you refer to? Fullaway, after a moment's surprised look at the Yorkshireman's stolid face, elevated his well-marked eyebrows and shook his head. Then he edged his chair near to the table at which Allerdyke sat. "'You don't know, then, that your cousin had valuables on him?' he asked in an altered tone. "'I know exactly what my cousin had on him, and what was in his baggage, when I found him dead in his room,' replied Allerdyke dryly. "'And what that was, was just what I should have expected to find. But nothing more.' Fullaway almost leapt in his chair." "'Nothing more!' he exclaimed. "'Nothing more than you would have expected to find. "'Nothing!' Allerdyke bent across the table, giving his visitor a keen look. "'What would you have expected to find if you'd found him as I found him?' he asked. "'Come. What now?' He was watching the American narrowly, and he saw that Fullaway's excitement was passing off, was being changed into an attentive eagerness— he himself thrust his hand into his breast pocket and drew out the papers which had been accumulating there since his arrival and discovery. "'We'd best be plain, Mr. Fullaway,' he said. "'I don't know you, but I gather that you knew James, and that you'd done business together. "'I knew Mr. James Allerdyke very well, and I've done business with him for the last two years,' replied Fullaway. "'Just so,' assented Allerdyke. "'And your business is—' "'That of a general agent, an intermediary, if you like,' answered Fullaway. "'I arrange private sales a good deal between European sellers and American buyers. "'Pictures, 
curiosities, jewels, antiques, and so on. I'm pretty well known, Mr. Allerdyke, on both sides of the Atlantic. Quite so, said Allerdyke. I'm not in that line, however, and I don't know you. But I'll tell you all I do know, and you'll tell me all you know. When I searched my cousin for papers, I found this wire from you, sent to James at St. Petersburg. Now then, what does it refer to? Those valuables you hinted at just now? Exactly, answered Fullaway. Nothing less. What valuables are they? asked Allerdyke. Jewels. Worth a quarter of a million, replied Fullaway. What? Dollars? Fullaway laughed derisively. Dollars. No, pounds. Two hundred and fifty thousand pounds, my dear sir, he answered. You think he had them on him? I'm sure he had them on him, answered Fullaway. He, in his turn, began to produce papers. At any rate, he had them on him when he was in Christiania the other day. He was bringing them over here, to me. On whose behalf? asked Allerdyke. On behalf of a Russian lady, a princess, who wished to find a purchaser for them, replied the American promptly. In that case, to come to the point, said Allerdyke, if my cousin James had that property on him when he landed here last night, and it wasn't, as it certainly wasn't, on him when I found him this morning, he's been robbed. Robbed? And murdered that he might be robbed, answered Fullaway. The two men looked steadily at each other for a while. Then Allerdyke laid his papers on the table between them. "'You'd better tell me all you know about it,' he said quietly. "'Let's hear it all. Then we shall be getting towards knowing what to do.' "'Willingly,' exclaimed the American. He produced and spread out a couple of cablegrams on which he laid a hand while he talked. "'As I have already said, I have had several deals in business with Mr. James Allerdyke.' I saw him towards the end of March, in town, and he then mentioned to me that he was just about setting out for Russia. On April 20th I received this cable from him, sent, you see, from St. Petersburg. Allow me to read it to you. He says, The Princess Nastirsevich is anxious to find a purchaser for her jewels, valued more than once at a quarter of million pounds, wants money to clear off mortgages on her son's estate, and set him going again. Do you know of anyone likely to buy in one lot? Can arrange to bring over myself for buyer's inspection if chance of immediate good sale. James Allerdyke. Now as soon as I received that from your cousin, I immediately thought of a possible and very likely purchaser, Mr. Delkin, a Chicago man, whose only daughter is just about to marry an English nobleman. I knew that Mr. Delkin had a mind to give his daughter a really fine collection of jewels, and I went at once to him regarding the matter. In consequence of my interview with Mr. Delkin, I cabled to James Allerdyke on April 21st, saying, "'This is it, no doubt,' said Allerdyke, producing the message of the date mentioned. "'That is it,' assented Fullaway, glancing across the table. "'Very well. You see what I said.' He replied to that at once. Here's his reply. "'It is, you see, very brief.' It merely says, All right, shall wire details later, keep possible buyer on. I heard no more until last Thursday, May 8th, when I received this cablegram, sent, you see, from Christiania. In it he says, 
expect to reach hull monday night next shall come to london next day arrange meeting with your man have got all goods now those last four words mr allerdyke if they mean anything at all mean that your cousin was bringing these valuable jewels with him had them on him when he cabled from christiania and if you did not find them when you searched him where are they two hundred and fifty thousand pounds worth allerdyke took the three cablegrams from his visitor and carefully read them through comparing them with the dates already known to him and with fullaway's messages in reply eventually he put all the papers together arranging them in sequence he laid them on the table between fullaway and himself and for a moment or two sat reflectively drumming the tips of his fingers on them who is this princess nastirsevitch he asked suddenly looking up royalty eh no answered fullaway with a smile i don't know much about these european titles and dignities but i don't think the title of princess means in russia what it does in england a prince there i think is some sort of a nobleman like your dukes and earls and so on here but anyway the princess nastirsevitch isn't a russian at all except by marriage she's a countryman of my own i guess you've heard of her she was helen hamilton the famous dancer allerdyke shook his head not my line at all he said it was a bit in james's though dancer eh and married a prince twenty-five years ago replied fullaway ancient history that but i know a good deal about her she made a big fortune with her dancing and she invested largely in pearls and diamonds i know that i also happen to know that she'd one son by her marriage of whom she's passionately fond and i read this thing in this way i guess the old prince's estates he's dead a year or two ago were heavily mortgaged and she hit on the notion of clearing all off by selling her jewels so that her son might start clear no encumbrances on the property you know allerdyke pursed his lips and rubbed his chin what i don't understand is that she confided a quarter of a million's worth of goods of that sort to a man whom she couldn't know so very well he observed i never heard james speak of her that may be replied fullaway but he may have known her very well for all that however there are the facts and he added with emphasis there mr allerdyke are those four words sent from christiania have got all goods now we can be reasonably sure of what he meant he'd got the princess's jewels very well where are they allerdyke got to his feet and thrusting his hands in his pockets began to stride about the room all this was not merely puzzling but in a way which he could not understand distasteful to him somehow he did not know why or at the moment try to think why he resented the fact that anyone knew more about his dead cousin than he did and he began to wonder as he strode about the room how much this mr franklin fullaway knew did my cousin james ever mention this princess to you he suddenly asked stopping in his walk to and fro i mean before he went over to russia this last time he just mentioned that he knew her mentioned in a casual conversation answered fullaway she and i being fellow americans the subject interested me of course but he only said that he had met her in russia ay well 
said Allerdyke musingly. It's true he did go across to Russia a good deal, and no doubt he knew folk there that he never told me about. Well, he went on, throwing himself into his chair again. What's to be done? Do you honestly think that he had those things on him when he came here last night? You do. Very well. Then he's been murdered by some devil or devils who's got em. But how? And who are they? Or who's he? Or— Good Lord! It might be who's she. Poisoned, said Fullaway. That's my answer to your question of how. As to your other question, is there no clue to anything? You forget. I don't know any details. I only know that he was found dead. Under what circumstances? Allerdyke pulled his chair nearer to his visitor. I'd forgotten, he said. I'll tell you the lot. See if you can make aught out of it. They always say you Yankees have sharp brains. Try to see a bit of daylight. So far it licks me. He gave the American a brief yet full account of all that had happened since his receipt of James Allerdyke's wireless message. And Fullaway listened in silence, taking everything in, making no interruption, and at the end he spoke quietly and with decision. We must find that woman, Miss Celia Leonard, and at once, he said. That's absolutely necessary. Just so, agreed Allerdyke. But look here. I've been thinking that over. Is it very likely that a woman who'd stolen 250,000 pounds worth of stuff from a hotel would wire back to its manager, giving her address, for the sake of a shoe buckle, even one set with diamonds? I'm not, for the moment, supposing that she is the thief, answered Fullaway. Why I want, and must, find her at once, is to ask her a simple question. What was she doing in James Allerdyke's room? For, I've an idea. What? demanded Allerdyke. This, replied Fullaway. They were fellow passengers on the Perisco. Your cousin, as I dare say you know, was the sort of man who readily makes friends, especially with women. My idea is that if this Miss Leonard went into his room last night, it was to be shown the Princess Nastirovitch's jewels. Your cousin was just the sort of man who knew how a woman would appreciate an exhibition of such things. And, at that moment, a waiter tapped at the sitting-room door and announced Dr. Orwin. End of chapter 5